0: Hi, I'm Connie, and this is From Chaos to Peace with Connie, episode number 63, Growing from Grief and Loss with Jennifer Waugh. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? This is episode number 63 of the From Chaos to Peace podcast, where you learn how a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears. Please subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode and share it with your family and friends, because if you find value in it, they will too. And if you love my podcast, you can help me by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. This will help that more people find the podcast and can move from chaos to peace in their life and business. And check out the show notes for step-by-step instructions in case you don't know how to write a review. Mm -hmm. I have you covered. So last week, I talked with Karen Hendrickson about the advantages of -of end-of-life planning and preparing for death. If you haven't listened to that podcast episode, make sure you listen to it after this one. Because this week, I welcome Jennifer Waugh to the podcast, and she is an Advanced Certified Grief Recovery Specialist. Jen's calling is helping women work through their pain, isolation, and loneliness caused by a painful loss of any kind. Jen knows the pain of grief firsthand from losing her husband to a sudden heart attack back in 2012. While grief is really normal and natural, and clearly the most powerful of all emotions, it is also the most neglected and misunderstood experience, often by everyone, the person who's grieving, and everyone around that person as well. We really don't learn it anywhere. We learn all kinds of stuff in school, even what happened 500 or 1,000 years ago, but we don't learn how to deal with something so normal and common as grief. And chances are that your parents didn't know how to handle and move through grief either. So, they couldn't teach you. We are all taught how to acquire things, but not what to do when we lose something. So now, grief doesn't only come by losing a loved one. According to the grief recovery method, grief comes from various situations in our life. It can even come from happy or positive situations. For example, related to a transition in life where we grieve the old life. Here are a few examples. Getting married. We might grieve being young, wild, and single. A divorce. Death of a pet. Moving. Starting school. Graduating. End of an addiction. Major health changes. They don't have to be terminal. Retirement. Or financial changes, positive or negative. When I went through the training to help people with clutter, we learned that often buying things, aka retail therapy, and not being able to let go of things, (laughs) having clutter, has to do with grief and other unprocessed emotions. And so that's why I have invited Jen to the podcast today. We are talking about myths around grief, what grieving people actually do want and need, as well as how to help children through grief. So, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation. Welcome, Jen. I'm so excited to welcome you finally on my podcast.
1: (laughs) Excited to be here with you. (laughs) Thanks for the (laughs) invitation.
0: Yeah, well, thank you that you agreed, because um, I think I talked about that before, but when, when I went through my decluttering training certification, we had to study the grief recovery handbook. And um, I know you're a certified grief recovery specialist. So now, of course, I'm all excited to talk with you. But before we dive into this um, topic, why don't you tell me and our, my listeners a little bit about who is Jen?
1: Who is Jen? Well, um, I'm a mom. My I think my most important um, my most important job or or role and part of me. I've got two beautiful teenage daughters, Vanessa and Jordana. Um, They're 17 and 15. Um, And um, I was trained as a a coach when I was I trained as a, a life coach when my oldest daughter was when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, and so. Had a, had a passion for, for coaching for quite some time. And, um, and then, you know, life, life happened and uh, was pretty much a stay-at-home mom for, for quite a few years until my daughters were six and eight. And then, unfortunately, my, my husband died of a sudden heart attack. And, um, yeah, so that was life, life-changing, life-altering And, um, so, so when that happened in 2012, it, uh, kind of turned life upside down and there was something that was, uh, you know, quite early on, I, um, I had this sense that my training as a coach, you know, that, you know, I had that for a reason and that I was meant to do something with that, you know, with that training and passion and be able to help other women, especially, you know, widowed moms who were, you know, had children, be able to navigate loss and grief. And uh, so I have been on that path since 2012, um, using a combination of my coaching background and experience and develop that further, and um, really began to specialize in working with widowed moms quite a bit um and you know from a coaching perspective and i often describe coaching as being different from counseling and that coaching is more you know taking you from where you are now to where you want to go and what i found with grief is that when you're not complete when you're not complete with what's happened in your past it's really challenging to create what you want in the future and so I found that that was an obstacle for a lot of, you know, people that I was, clients that I was working with that um, had unprocessed grief. So I actually, um, I actually certified as a, you know, started to do more training and development in the, around grief specifically, um, combined with, you know, a lot of other work that I had done and my own personal experience. And um, and became, like you said, certified as a advanced grief recovery specialist and able to help people then with the past component. So then it allowed, you know, that has allowed me to work with people with the, you know, help people with the grief part. And then also with the the coaching part in terms of, um, you know, what they want to create, um, for their future. So that's sort of in a nutshell, a little bit of my process and you know, what got me to where I am now.
0: Yeah, very, very interesting how life prepared you basically a little bit for the, the blow that happened, which uh, I can't even imagine that must been, have been so hard. So how did you come across the uh, grief recovery method? Did, it, did that help you through your own grief?
1: Absolutely, yeah, it really it helped me through my own uh, through my own grief and process. Um, and I'm trying to even remember how i I think I was just searching for, you know, searching for you know how I could help other people. and um, and so I was really, you know initially, when I uh, did my training through the Grief Recovery Institute um, to be a grief recovery specialist, um, they didn't actually, offer any of the, the programs online. And I was working doing my coaching with my clients pr- primarily online all through Zoom. And so I was really a, a demand and I was I was actually um, pretty much first in line. I was you know probably the first you know 20, 30 people certified through the grief recovery institute for the their advanced training to be able to do it online. Um, and when I so I obviously did my own work of grief recovery in that process and what i found really surprising for me when i when i went to go do that my own personal work in the as part of the process of my certification i discovered that i thought it was going to be really obvious that the loss of my husband would be kind of the main loss that was having the biggest impact in my life and what i actually discovered was that it was actually my relationship with my mom that was having the biggest impact. And so it was actually my relationship with my mom that I did my grief work with first. And, um, and so often people think of grief being around death. And that's what I talk to a lot of people about is that grief is, you know, really defined more as, you know, unmet hopes, dreams and expectations. And, the things that you know we wish were better, different, and more, and um, so you know we have a lot of grief with living relationships. And typically, I now what I find is that you know it's often really valuable to do that grief work with your you know with your parents. They typically have a huge impact. Your life and uh, they're such a big part of your life. And so it's often really valuable to do the grief work with your parents and um, whether they're alive or not. And, and it actually um, made a huge difference in my relationship with my mom and grateful enough that she's still around to be able to, uh, to be able to make the, you know, make those changes. And uh, it wasn't too late.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's something too, that, um, like I said, we had to study that book. So it's a, it's a, it's a very good book. I feel like I didn't go through the coaching program, but I we had to read the book and not just read it. Like we literally had to do all the exercises. Like the book is literally full of exercises. I also did, um, the work going through the book on my mother. <laughs> so uh, the same experience, my mom um, isn't with us anymore. So, but it was, um, and it, it wasn't necessarily the death of my mother that I went through the process. It was more like the relationship, like you just mentioned. So that that's what surprises a lot of people. I feel like that grief is not just uh, us losing a person through death is would you say that's a big myth that's that's the only thing that grief is yeah yeah and I I
1: mean a huge part of the process you know the foundation of the process work that we do is actually identifying you know what are those life events that have happened in you know in our lives that have caused grief and and then real when you know when you realize that grief accumulates in our life and it accumulates negatively in our life that um, when we look at things like, you know, moves and relation, you know, heartbreak and, you know, pet loss is, you know, can really come up. And especially, you know, as a child, you know, if you lost a pet or something like that happened, that can have a huge impact that comes up a lot for people. Um, Changing schools. When I started looking at my life and my history of, of losses, you know, I I moved, I can't even remember the number, but I mean, I moved at least 15 times in my life and um, different schools. And, you know, I began to, it, it gave me the insight to realize how much those had all had an impact on me and gave me a really clear process as to how to work through that. And how to get, um, you know, emotionally complete with all those events that had happened. Um, and I found that part of what had me searching for, for a way to be able to help people is what I found was that a lot of the clients that I was working with, many of them had been working with counselors or therapists and, and yet what, you know, my own personal experience and I find a lot is that there's, um, in a lot of different therapy, there's not necessarily a direction or here's what to, you know, here's what to do. Here's some actions to take that are specific to help people move through the process. And so that's what I, a lot of feedback that I get is that I've had feedback from clients that have had, you know, done so much work. I'm thinking, you know, thinking of one particular client who had had a, you know, terrible experiences with with the uh, loss in, in her life. And it had done years and years of therapy and different kinds of work and just was blown away at what a difference, you know, this particular grief recovery process made in her life um, compared to a lot of other work that, that that she had done. So it's really, it's really really powerful.
0: Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I'd... So I, I've never been to therapy, but um, I, I was somebody that wants to be able to, to do something with the knowledge or not just talk about it, but do something. And um, so I had a very difficult relationship with my mother. So like I said, I was not necessarily... Uh, processing the grief of her death I'm was more processing the grief of not having a good relationship with her and going through these steps actual really doing the exercises or we want to call what we were asked to do um makes a difference and actually really brings you further more than just talking about it and how and, and 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 sinking into this um oh, I I wished I would have, and like, my dream was always to have a mother that is like a girlfriend, blah, 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 which is what what, uh, we all um, maybe aspire, and most of us don't get, no? So what would you uh, say is the, what is the biggest... downside of holding on to grief? Like when people are not willing to move forward or not willing to do something, what is the biggest downside? Well,
1: that's, a, that's such a good question. Um, so, I mean, I think one of the, one of the biggest myths that we hear a lot, uh, is that people will say things like, you know, well, it just takes time, you know, in time, things are going to get better. Right. And, you know, when I look back to my, the, the death of my husband, um, of course, the initial shock, you know, and the intensity of the grief um, can dissipate. And yet um, really without taking, you know, concrete actions or a concrete way of processing the grief, really just, if you just give it time, you think of like, I've talked to people that have had, you know, experienced loss, you know, a decade, two decades, and are still seriously suffering. Um, so, so mm-hmm. without taking specific action, people really do end up stuck and suffering for a long time. And I think a lot of, um, what I see happening with people is that people, you know, engage in what I call, uh, I call emo- emotional quick fixes. So it's like all those active, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the habits, right? The bad habits, you know, we hear about emotional eating and you know, the common ones would be, you know, the eating, the drinking, you know, drugs, you know, even sex, social media, um, the things we do to numb, to get the, in that instant kind of taking away the pain. I know for me, when, um, when my husband died, I, um, I like, I, I can't remember how much gain weight I gave. <laughs> it was like 45 pounds or something. And it was, you know, I, I, I just, I just wanted to, numb the feelings and um and so yeah the eating and then you know drinking too much you know and it wasn't you know heavy drinking for me it was like very socially acceptable um drinking wine daily (laughs) just to kind of cope on a regular basis and you know i've had you know clients that i i'm thinking of another client in particular who you know, was, had a habit of regularly, you know, smoking pot. It was like just sort of a a medicating. And it wasn't anything that she came to me and said that she wanted to fix or change or it wasn't, it didn't occur as a problem for her. It wasn't anything that we focused on in our work together at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I have found repetitively is that when when people do the work that um, they're, those things kind of naturally let go of their grip and um and so yeah so I, I noticed the same thing for myself i was allowed i was able to let go of things that were not serving me anymore that i was holding on to um mm-hmm. and uh and yeah and she like part way through a good you know almost sort of towards the end of our work together she goes you know what um, she says, "I am barely smoking pot anymore." And again, like it wasn't a an effort or trying to yeah. force that, but um, that's just an example of of things that um, that happen as a result of doing, you know, the the, the process and doing the work um, around grief. I know for myself, I has an example. Some big things that happened for me is that, you know, I had been in a relationship that was not working for me. Um, when I had done my grief work, um, and we were still living in the home that we had moved into six months before my husband died, and um, and I realized that there was a lot of, you know, I just I was so afraid of experiencing more grief. Like it was really hard for me to even think about letting go of the house or letting go of the grief because I just felt like, oh my gosh, I just I'm not going to be able to cope with more more mm-hmm. grief. And I didn't realize it until after I did the work. And, and even, you know, um, it, it was actually been quite some time down the road that I looked back and I went, oh, all of a sudden, all these changes started to open up and happen in my life. I, you know, ended a, the relationship that wasn't working. Um, and I just felt stronger. I felt emotionally stronger. I, you know, made the choice to sell my home, which was, Um, Not working for me, you know, financially wise and managing. We were talking about that before, you know, just managing the household and, and all those responsibilities, but able to actually let go of things that didn't serve me in my life
0: yeah that's the the interesting part that a lot of people um have a hard time getting so when i help them with decluttering a lot of times i come across people holding on to things that have to do with grief like that's probably why my mentor wanted us to read the book and and deal with our own grief and and by holding on to all these things you're um making your life actually harder like you said oh you were worried of you couldn't deal with more grief or more loss but on the other hand when you can start consciously letting go it actually helps you so much it frees you up it makes everything easier and lighter and um yeah it's kind of like it's hard when you're sitting in it unless unless you become aware of it. Then the other thing I wanted to say is, is like, we're not, this is another area where we're really not getting prepared in school or anywhere to deal with. Like our parents can't teach us that. Most parents couldn't teach us how to deal with grief because they themselves didn't know how to deal with grief. Like, and and in school, we sure don't learn it. And especially when you think about that, it's not just about losing somebody to death or or sickness, but there's so many other areas where you experience grief, and we're not equipped. Like we learn all kinds of stuff. We learn like, and I mean, I, I love I love history, but we learn what happened 200 years ago, but we don't learn how to deal with the today and 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 how to deal with it. So, yeah, and it's
1: kind of crazy because I just think about you know loss is inevitable. We're all going to experience some kind of loss in our life at some point, whether it be a pet or a change of home or a change of school or a loss of a friend or, um, you know, so, you know, hopefully not a spouse or, you know, and, you know, but eventually we will and, and relationships and parents and, and yet our society is very focused on how do we get things? How do we acquire things, <laughs> not how to cope with losing things? Um, yeah, so you're, you're right. It's definitely something we are not equipped with. And, and so then what happens is there's lots of accidental, I don't want to call it accidental, but, um, you know, ways, even myself, even after having the tools of like it really takes a lot of effort be, to become emotionally aware of how to support people in our lives around loss. Um, I learned so much just in you know, how to be able to support my kids um, better, you know, around grief and loss. And yet still with the tools of being, you know, a specialist, there's still, um, you know, things that I would say, I mean, one of the the common sort of um, mistakes, I guess we could, I could, you know, you could say, I don't know, they don't not intentional mistakes, though, is that, you know, we say things like we try to fix things, we try to make things better, you know, as I know, for me as a mom, anyways, it's like I've anytime my kids have been Um, you know, when they're feeling something, my initial reaction is wanting to take that pain away or to fix it or to try to help them. And yet, what I've learned is that that's not really helpful. And it's really not what we need when we're experiencing loss and grief is that really what we need is we need um, people in our lives to be able to be with us, you know, just the way we are and to allow space for grief. And yet it's really uncomfortable. And that's, um, again, often what I hear is, you know, people find value in working with someone like me or a specialist or, you know, therapist or, or someone who can be with them through the intense emotion and the feelings and the loss. Because, you know, often people in our lives are uncomfortable, they don't know what to say. And I hear that a lot. It's like, people say the wrong things, or they don't want to be around me, or they feel like, you know, then there becomes like a social loss, because if they, you know, if they're really struggling with their grief, and they're maybe emotional or crying, or they want to talk about it, you know, people just don't know how to deal with that. Right. So, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's so sad when you think about it, how, how, like how society, but I think it also people don't know, or don't want to be around you because they don't know how to handle it because they never learned it. So um, I lost my dad when I was 20. So, and then, and then, so you, you kind of like, you're young and, and you're trying to get over it. And then like four years later, his sister died, which was my favorite aunt. So it was, she was almost like my mother. So I was a lot confronted with it. And, and for some reason, I never had a problem talking about it or something. So, so now I can be easier with people that are going through grief because i kind of like i have been so much on the other side that i actually know that by just telling them oh it will get better time will heal it's not like it made me angry (laughs) inside on top of the grief and it didn't help so um yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's so important. Or I'll say my work when he help. I mean, I help people declutter. They often say, "I'm so glad you're here. I couldn't do it alone because a lot of emotions come up." And we're so afraid of emotions. And I'm not saying I'm not. So I'm struggling sometimes too because emotions can be, um, or feel, or we we fear that they're taking us over or they're um, um, taking us off our our feet or our grounding and by fighting them i feel like that's much harder no so if you have somebody who can be there with you and just as a support system that's so important and uh yeah so i feel your work is um it must be very um gratifying i don't know whether that's the right word but it must must feel good to be able to be there for these women when so many other people can't deal with it like don't even dare to go near these people or ask them how they're doing or so yeah that's that's that's,
1: that's really what we talk about too is like just the focus on um you know practicing emotional honesty right yeah um yeah and I just I was thinking about your you know with the organizing part of it too is when you were asking earlier about you know what are some of the things? What 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 are the impacts, right? Of of people holding on to loss and grief. And I was talking about the emotional quick fixes. Well, some of I can see how in your business, how um, you know the other, the, you know, another way grief shows up is people buying stuff because that's another way that people numb things. So um, when you know somebody's really struggling with loss, I can really see um, you know people you know, just filling their filling their space. And that, um, yeah, and one of the end results. So what happens when people do the work, things like I said, that, you know, habits, bad habits kind of let go, they're able to make these changes. And I could really see the ability to start making those changes within their space um, to be so much easier um, when they've done that work, for sure.
0: Yeah, I noticed the same. Um, And and it's also um, interesting. So like a a lot of people, like some people uh, accumulate, others not so much. Like when you I had to chuckle, when you said uh, you gained a lot of weight after your husband died, that's what most or what we kind of think what happens to most people I'm for example the opposite so my I can't eat so I lose drastic weight so I have the other issue that I have to be careful to um to still like take care of my body I mean the body does need some food but I'm if I'm experiencing grief there is no way I can get anything down so I feel like um, what I want to get to is like, I feel like when we're actually dealing with the grief, um, we're taking better care of ourselves afterwards too. And and I always say like decluttering is self-love. I say that because by just buying things to make us feel better or by just eating things to make us feel better or drinking or smoking pot or whatever, we're actually not taking care of ourselves. We would never do that to like you mentioned your daughters before. We would never do that to a child. We would like just put these patches on and we do it to ourselves. So yeah. Yeah. So now I, I wanna um ask, so you said your daughters. So I was 20 when my dad died. My brother was 15 and a half. Um, my mom was, of course, not well, no, of course, is not the right word, but my mom was not able to kind of help us. She was in her own grief. I, for some reason, was able to help him a little bit, but probably not the way he would have maybe um, prof or would have been better for him to actually really have real help. But back then, I mean, that was 30 years ago. We were basically back to school two days later. Everybody just said, well, time heals everything <laughs> and move on and uh, buckle up and toughen up and whatever. So how in today where we are a little smarter with stuff like that, or at least I hope so, how can you help children with grieving? What would you well, say? Well,
1: I think, I mean, one thing that I, I uh, found so interesting that I learned in this proce- in this whole process for myself is um, that I was so had never thought of before is one of the things that we say so commonly when someone is upset, whether it be a child or an adult, right. You know, we see someone upset and we're like, what's wrong. (laughs) And, and it's like, that is a societal, like a natural, it's like the thing that comes out of our mouth. And yet when you think about it, it's like, that is kind of how we see people being upset is that there's a problem, like there's something that needs to be fixed and there's something that's wrong. And so um, I think that's the uh, one huge thing is to practice catching yourself. You know, if you've got children in your life to um, in, you know, instead of asking what's wrong, you know, Oh, wow. Like acknowledging their feeling, wow, like, looks like you're sad or um, Mm -hmm. and
0: what's going on you yeah what's
1: going on or um and just really being with you know being with them however they are I think I think there's an expectation I found what what I've what I've noticed a lot is you know in this world of social media and everybody especially with children and teenagers it there's this um almost like an expectation that you're supposed to be happy all the time. And that's what I feel like the biggest thing is like to help, you know, educate or help our children understand that actually feeling sad and feeling angry or all those full range emotions is to- is so normal. And I think children can feel like there's something wrong with them, or maybe, you know, they've got mental health issues, or there's a problem or And I think it's scary for kids because I think they just don't realize that when they feel these full range emotions, that it's normal and that we all do. Um, And so I think the the more we can help bring out what those events are or those feelings allow our children to um, express them and be with them the best you can and um, I've done the, the best that I can with my kids. And it's, you know, even with all the tools, it's never, it's never perfect. And we make mistakes as parents. Um, and yeah. uh, we, you know, we say the, we, we say the maybe things that are not most helpful because it's, you know, all we know. Right. And so Brilliant. yeah, I think just the best, the best we can do in terms of helping children is to just uh, allow them to allow them to be with their emotion. One of the things that I, I'm always talking to my clients with when we're doing the work and when you know we're communicate, there's certain parts of the process where we're communicating different emotions and feelings. and you know, part of the process is helping to articulate what those feelings and emotions are, or the events that happen, how they, that made you feel, and uh, acknowledging them. And then a big part of the healing process is actually communicating them. And I'm always uh, telling my clients, where our, our where culturally, we are almost trained to say sorry, the amount of times, especially Canadians, people start crying, and they say, I'm sorry. And then they try to collect themselves, gather themselves, stop the crying. And so I'm always speaking to my clients about, if you feel that emotion coming up, try to pay attention the best that you can to pay attention to it, notice it. And instead of that you know notice if you're shutting it down trying to stop your talking and instead to practice allowing the emotions and the words to cup, come up and out and to speak through the emotions don't stop don't lose your voice because you have emo- emotions speak through it
0: yeah so hard to do because like you just said as we're kind of trained to to not burden or bother other people with especially our negative emotions and and uh, me coming from Switzerland even sometimes with the big emotions or with the good emotions like even with with the joy or when we're excited I I was often told don't be so loud and uh, calm down or whatever so like we're uh, like uh, so trained to not um, speak through the emotion and letting the emotions out but kind of like making sure everybody around us is comfortable yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I could talk with you forever about this topic it's um but I, I want to be mindful of the people listening mindful of your time of course too so where could people find you what is do you have like we just talked about social media do you have a preferred social media platform where you show up or where they could find you learn more about you and your service the best
1: way is really through my website um through jenniferwa.com so my last name spelled wa is w-a-u-g-h I would say it's like laugh with a w <laughs> so uh, jenniferwa.com oh, okay. and uh, so I have and from there what works for a lot of people is that I do offer complimentary um sessions to be able to you know, talk on Zoom, ask questions, ask a little bit more. Um, I have a couple different ways of which I work with people so we can find out what 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 works best. Um, what I'm really excited about um, offering in the new year is um, some small group programs for adults who do have children in their life, and it's um, helping children with loss. So, to actually give, like you're asking before, to actually give adults the tools um, to help children, children in their life. So those will be small online um, group programs that will be offered, and they're just it's it's a four week program, so it's short um, and just will will help people to, you know, especially with COVID right now. That's a huge yeah. huge uh, event for. Uh, for, for all of us that where we're all experiencing grief and loss and especially children. So to be able to, yeah, learn those tools to really support them the best way we can.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I will definitely put the link to your website into the show notes so people can just go click on it. don't have to remember (laughs) how to um, or to remember the the link or anything. So I always ask my guests, do you have any last words or anything that I didn't ask you that you want to get across or or some wisdom that you want to leave us with? (laughs) Not that you haven't shared a lot of wisdom with us already.
1: I just, I just think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard work. It's not necessarily exciting work to do. But uh, like you mentioned before, it really is a form of self love. And I think such valuable work to um, a huge piece of it is honoring that space. Um, You know, honoring the losses in your life is huge. And the, the benefits and the results are so worth the hard work. And I find that it's not work that is easy to do on your own. Um, One of the things I always do with my clients is have them book all their sessions all up front um, because it gives sort of that bit of accountability towards, um, you know, having the next piece done because a lot of the work that is done is happens in between our sessions. And so um, just having that next date to know that you're going to be ready kind of really really helps people with getting the work done and and uh, moving forward. So um yeah, I think it's just that you know, you're worth it, you're worth the time and we all have we all have events of of grief and loss that are worth worth uh, acknowledging and honoring. And it's not about it's not about forgetting or uh you know, leaving people behind, it's about um just uh, you know, opening up a new space and a new clearing for for what's possible for your future. And I really believe that, you know, my belief is that we can uh, all grow from grief. And that's, you know, it's one of my programs is called growing from grief. And it's, it, you know, because really, my belief, my belief is that these challenging things, we can learn from them and grow from them. And, and I love helping people do that.
0: So beautifully said, Jen. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time coming on as a guest. I don't even want to add anything that was so beautiful. So thanks very much. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye, Connie.
0: Okay, my friends. That was my conversation with Jennifer Woff, a Certified Advanced Grief Recovery Specialist. If you want to find out more about Chen and how she can support you through your grief, you find all the links of the things we were talking about in the show notes and the show notes you find at Conigraf.com forward slash podcast forward slash 63. That is ConnieGraph, C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 63. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today and listening all the way to the end. Again, if you found value in what Jen and I were talking about, please share it with your family and friends, because if you find value in it, they will too. Have a beautiful and amazing week, and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Take good care and be safe.